Well, hey, welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. Hey, we're always inspired to hear how God is using this ministry from right here in Winchester, Virginia to change lives all around the world. And if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at amen at myoasischurch.org. Now, if you'd like to support this ministry financially so that we can continue to bring messages just like this one to you each and every single week, you can do so at myoasischurch.org slash give. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're truly making a difference. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. We've been in a season called Summer Revival. Summer Revival, allowing God to speak fresh messages to us, allowing us to encounter Him. Uh, I'll recap the last few weeks if you haven't been here. Uh, some of these messages aren't online yet. They're fixing that, and they'll be online soon. Uh, but uh, the first week of the Summer uh, Revival series, we talked about Adam and Eve and stopping the enemy from hanging question marks over the goodness of God in our lives. Amen. Uh, then we talked for a couple of weeks about the will of God in our lives and putting Jesus at the center, rather at the top of the list, putting him at the center of our lives. Last week, we talked about the list, or not last week, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about the list that we create as humans and comparing our, our good stuff to our bad stuff all the time and, and how God uses all things for good, amen. And uh, last week, I started a conversation on encountering God, and that's where we'll be continuing today, encountering God. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to have you mark two main passages for us today. That way you're ready whenever we get there. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6 and Acts chapter 9, and for all you uh, non-reading Bible fans and, and heathens, the, the scriptures will be on the screens as well. I'm just kidding. Um, Listen, you could hear a pen drop. You guys have got to make a little noise or something. Come on. Um, so uh, Isaiah chapter 6 and Acts chapter 9, make sure you mark it. It will also be on the screen. Uh, the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, is Encounters on Purpose. Encounter, uh, it should be Encounters on Purpose. Encounters on Purpose. So if you're writing, uh, taking notes, write that down. Um, and uh, I think you should take notes. Amen. Amen. We need a face-to-face -face encounter with God. And, and in fact, uh, I'm actually excited about this. At the end of service, we're going to have a special worship moment. Normally, our worship team comes back up, but I'm excited about this. Um, Austin and uh, Jonathan Holland, our creative pastor, and Austin Bridges um, have, have been writing music, and, and uh, they're going to share a song today. Um, and it's going to be a moment for us to worship him and encounter him. Amen. Um, but with everything, hey, yeah, come on, give it up for them. They... Hey, that's the future. Oasis Worship is going to be writing music and traveling the world and filling arenas, even the arenas here in Winchester, Virginia. With everything happening in our world, I believe that we should be more determined to get as close to God as possible. Amen. As, as close to God as possible and put our hope in him because he is truly the hope of the world. Amen. I remember when I got saved, uh, I was a young boy. I was in a, uh, my mom's here today. Come on, give it up for my mom. She, she wouldn't have liked that, but she traveled 15 hours to get, no, I'm kidding, two hours to get here. And uh, uh, hi, mom. Uh, normally I would shout her out online because I know she would love me no matter what. Um, uh, there's, a, there's a comedian, probably not appropriate to watch if you're a Christian, but there's a comedian. Um, <laughs> Who, uh, who talks about mom versus wife. Um, and uh, 
He said, if I ask my mom to make me a sandwich, she makes it with love and compassion. But if I ask my wife to make me a sandwich, she makes it with anger and hate. <laughs> and uh, it's just a funny joke. My wife, she actually does a really great job at making me sandwiches. Just making sure I'm out of the clear here. <laughs> and uh, uh, Anyways. When I got saved, I was a young boy. Uh, I was 12 years old. I, I did this last week. I want to do it again. If you were saved under, under the age of 40, raise your hand. You got saved. You gave your life to Christ under the age of 40. Under the age of 30, keep your hands up. Under the age of 20, keep your hands up. And that is why it is so important that we invest into the next generation. Amen? Because the majority of the people in this room gave their lives to Christ before they ever sat in an auditorium like this. It was because of kids' ministry and youth ministry and and um, I'm super excited. By the way, our youth ministry is starting back up next month. Amen. Come on. Anybody excited about that? Yeah. Uh, some more information will be coming on that. But um, when I got saved, uh, I was a young boy. I was 12 years old. And I remember sitting in the, in the um, sound booth at, at my church. And the pastor was just like reading my mail is what they call it. It was like he was speaking directly to me. And uh, it was out, without a shadow of a doubt, I knew that this moment was my moment. And I remember going to the front. That's what they used to do in the good old days. You would come to the front if you wanted to give your life to Christ, and they would pray over you. And that's where you received uh, Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And um, that, was a, that was a powerful moment in my life. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures. You don't have to turn to them. They'll be on the screen. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. He says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Today, I'm talking about encounters, encounters with God, and encounters are not for our own enjoyment, but in the theme that we've been learning through every single encounter, there is something that happens when you encounter God. Every time that somebody encountered God in the Bible, God met with them, he changed them, and he called them, amen? Every single time that God met with somebody, he never intended, intended for us just to, to study about the encounters of people in the Bible. He intended for us to actually experience encounters with him ourselves. Amen? So God wants you to understand today that you are called. Look at your neighbor and say, you are called. Look at your other neighbor and say, you are called. I, I feel like that didn't do very well. And some of us haven't really grasped that thought yet. And I hope today you get a better understanding of that. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Probably one of the greatest statements that anybody could ever say is, I found my calling in life. I found my calling in life. If you're here today and you feel like you found your calling in life. Raise your hand. Anybody? Amen. Amen. That's amazing. Then the rest of you, today is for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, some of you here probably feel like you're not fulfilled. You probably feel like you have no purpose or there, there's just something missing from your life. And where there is no vision, the people 
perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. And I, I believe it's time for some of us to start to dream again, to start dreaming about our, our families again, to start dreaming about our, our, our lives again, to start dreaming about the purposes of our life, to start dreaming about our finances again, to start dreaming about our hopes and visions as a family, as, for our marriages, for our children. Amen? Some of you need to look at the devil today and say, nah, not my family, not my vision, not, not, not the purpose that God's put on my life. Some of you need just to put the devil under your feet. Anyways, I could have got really Holy Ghost filled there. God wants to reveal himself to you, amen? I want to tell you an encounter story of Isaiah and King Uzziah. Everybody say Uzziah. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but that's how I always said it, so I'm going to say it that way, Amen. And, and by the way, I heard a pastor one time say, uh, and in fact, John tells me this all the time, just say it with confidence and nobody will know because nobody actually studies the Bible like they should be. He became the king of Judah at 16 years old. He, he did well for a while, um, and, uh, but life took a twist for him, and he died never having fulfilled his potential in life. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through three. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each, of, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And after we're done talking about encounters today, I think it's important to realize that we don't just need one encounter with God. We don't just need one encounter with God. Encounters shouldn't just happen on a Sunday morning when the worship team is praising or, or playing. Uh, encounters shouldn't only happen when we're praying together. Uh, encounters should be a daily thing that happens in our life with God every single day of our lives. And the problem is, is that life has too many voices. Life has too many voices, too many uh, social media feeds, if I would. Uh, and it can become so noisy that we can get very confused on the voice of God in our lives. It can get so noisy that we forget that God has purposed us to have an encounter with him. And I want to challenge you today to get away from distraction. Sometimes it's okay just to turn off your phone and go on a date with your wife. Sometimes it's okay just to turn off your phone and, and turn off the computer, turn off the email, go on vacation, and just hear from God as well. Amen. Some of us just need to take a break from everything in the world and get into the Word of God and to spend time worshiping Him. Another thing is that God wants you to settle the issues of yesterday. God wants you to settle the issues of yesterday. We'll continue in verse 4, Isaiah 6, verse 4. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. We keep yesterday as the focus of our lives when God is saying, I want to define you by your future. I want to define you by your future. 
We're constantly defining ourselves by our past. Does anybody do this? I talked about this a little bit the other week. We constantly define ourselves by our past problems, our past sin, our past hurt, our past relational problems, our, our past people in our lives. But God said, stop focusing on the past and start focusing on your future. Your greatest days are ahead of you, amen? I feel like Joel Olstein in here right now. Your best days are ahead of you. The devil is under your feet, amen? And God wants to define you by your future. Another thing that I want you to know this morning is God wants you to give, God wants to give you a seemingly impossible vision. A seemingly impossible vision. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 will continue. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. He said, Go and tell this people. God is looking for some people this morning that will say, Here I am, God. Here I am, God. Send me, God. Send me, God. Because when you encounter God, encounter leads to direction from God. Encounter leads to direction from God. And when you encounter God, you will learn that you are called, that you are created with a purpose for a purpose. Amen? You are created on purpose for a purpose. And he wants to give you clear direction. And I feel like maybe some of us in this room this morning don't have that clear direction from him yet. And it's because we're missing the encounter with him. We're missing the encounter with him. So I'm going to give you three things I want you to take notes with today. As in Acts chapter 9, um, we talk about Paul, who, who was first named Saul. So Saul became Paul. This gets very confusing, okay? Uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. It's probably one of the hardest things about the Bible for me is to remember, okay, Saul became Paul. Like, that is hard to remember sometimes. But Saul, thank God, is a, it's Saul, Paul. Get it? Okay. Did anybody know that Saul's name became Paul? Raise your hand. Look at you people. I'm so proud of you. Here we go. Saul was a part of a group to eliminate this new cult of Christianity, and he had an encounter with God on the road to Damascus. Anybody know about this story? Have you read this story before? Amen. Look, man, you're making me proud. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. It'll be on the screens for those of you who need it. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you? Lord, Saul asked, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. If you get close to God, he will reveal himself to you, he will change you, and he will call you. Paul is getting clear direction right here. But now it's back to his court again. Now it's back to him again. So, so God revealed himself. He, he gave him clear direction. He called him, but now it's up to Paul. God will speak to you, but there are some things that you need to do after God's spoken to you. And the first one is take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. If you're taking notes, write that down. Take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. Acts chapter 20, verse 22 says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Sometimes you can't see it, but you're compelled. Sometimes you can't see it, but you know it's there. It's kind of like Annie Ann's in the mall. You know what I'm saying? Anybody like some Annie Ann's? Raise your hand if you like Annie Ann's. Here's a story for you. Uh, first off, my wife loves Annie Ann's. There is not a chance in the world that we're going to the mall and not getting an Annie Ann's pretzel. It doesn't matter what diet she's on. She doesn't care. It's happening. She'll say, no, I shouldn't, but I should. <laughs> right? 
Uh, when I was uh, younger, I was a security officer in Hagerstown, Maryland. Anybody know where Hagerstown is? Raise of hands, yeah. Uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. And uh, I was a security officer at the Valley Mall. Amen. And I took that job seriously. Let me tell you what. I put on my uniform every morning. And I walked into that mall, and uh, it was the most embarrassing time of my <laughs> life. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I, uh, I loved being a security officer, had the badge, had my radio, and uh, there was a time, uh, funny story, I took the job so seriously and none of the other security guards did, right? <laughs> Dan's getting a kick out of this. He loves this. He just loves the fact that this is a part of my story. And um, uh, I took that job so seriously and uh, none of the other security guards did, right? They all like, whatever, right? Um, you could have stole from Sears and no one would have cared. I would have cared. I would have been running, okay? Um, uh, everybody else would have let you go. Uh, anyways, um, security guard, and uh, in fact, everybody uh, thought it was so funny that I took it so seriously, uh, and uh, we were getting uh, pepper sprayed for uh, training, so if you want to carry pepper spray, you got to be pepper sprayed. If you want to carry handcuffs, you have to learn how to handcuff, right? If you uh, want to uh, shoot a gun, you have to learn how to, you know, shoot a gun. It's rubber bullets and stuff, nothing serious at the mall. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, uh, I was so proud that it was my day to get pepper sprayed, and I was like, I'm so excited. This is going to be so easy. It ain't like the little pepper spray that you buy for your wife at the store, right? It's like the police-grade pepper spray. It was some real stuff, okay? Um, and uh, some of you might get the real stuff. I don't know. You have hookups. Uh, so anyways, we, we're at the mall, and we go outside, and... Um, this has nothing to do with my message, by the way, but I had to tell you. Uh, it leads into the Annie Ann story. Uh, we were at the mall, and uh, they told us, hey, you're not going to be able to drive after this for a few hours. Uh, you're you're going to have to spend some time at the mall or have somebody pick you up. So uh, I kid you not, I go, and it's just supposed to be me and, like, the security guys. Every mall employee that could take a break at that time was outside to see me get pepper sprayed. Every single person. There was at least 100 people outside watching me get pepper sprayed. Um, I couldn't believe it. I walk outside and, um, uh, you know, the, the, you, you, so it's not just you get pepper sprayed. You get pepper sprayed, you have to do a course. I was much fitter back then, by the way, much smaller too. Um, and you have to do this course. You have to handcuff things and, and uh, wrestle some things and do some other things. And then um, at the very end, there's a big tub of water that you can shove your face into. Um, and uh, I remember getting pepper sprayed and I was like, they said you can close your eyes. You don't have to open your eyes. You can close your eyes. And I was like, well, no brainer. I'm closing my eyes, right? I can do this whole thing blind, <laughs> right? Uh, I was wrong. Uh, so I close my eyes. I get pepper sprayed, and I run into the wall, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to open them. I open them, and then it was like burning flames of hell in my eyes. It was awful. And uh, I, I uh, you know, handcuffed at the things. I'm like running, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it was so hot. It, it hurt terribly. And uh, And then at the end, I like, dived into the water pool and I was like soaking wet. I was just like in there and like scrubbing my eyes with soap and water and um, the soap didn't hurt because the pepper spray hurt way worse. And, um, and then uh, that evening we got to hang out at uh, the mall for a while and uh, Annie Ann's gave us all security guards free pretzels. It was the best thing ever. So none of that had anything to do with anything other than sometimes you can't see it or touch it, but you know Annie Ann's is there. And sometimes you're compelled. I was prompted by something that I couldn't see and had to go. 
And every time we moved as a family, even so, we took a step of faith. Uh, we, we moved from Maryland to Iowa. That was a step of faith. I was in Tennessee for a while. That, that was a step of faith. Um, when we moved to Virginia, that was a step of faith. And even when we moved to Winchester uh, specifically, that was a step of faith. When we started Oasis Church, we were taking a step of faith. Did I hear God's voice clearly? Here's a question, or here's an answer that you might not hear a lot of pastors say. I'm going to say no. Did I hear God's voice clearly? No, I didn't. Did I know without a shadow of a doubt that God was speaking to me and telling me to start a church? No, I didn't know that. I was believing and compelled by the Holy Spirit that God was speaking to me and telling me to start a church. Sometimes God will lead you down a scary path, and we want all of the details but we must trust him. We want all the details before we ever take a step of faith. We want all the details before we ever step out of the boat like Peter. We want all the details, but sometimes you're not gonna know the details and God is asking you, will you still trust him? Will you still trust him? Why doesn't God give us more information? This is a great question. The same reason the government doesn't tell us about aliens, okay? I'm just kidding. Some of you are like, okay, this pastor's lost his mind. It's the same reason the government doesn't want to tell us about certain things because there'd be no toilet paper. Sometimes God doesn't tell us all the details because he knows we couldn't handle the details. And if we knew all the information that God knew, then there would never be a reason to have to trust in him. That is not called faith. We have to have faith to trust in a God who can provide and be our provider, amen? God called us to live by faith, not by facts. God wants, to, God wants us to walk with him step by step. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please. You guys are early, by the way. <laughs> that was my fault, but you can hang up here. That's cool. You guys hanging up. Look at that. There we go. That was my fault. The second thing that I want you to write down is expect resistance. Expect resistance. Some of you were like, yes, the worship team's coming. This is going to be over soon. 30 more minutes. Just kidding. Expect resistance. The devil will try everything in his power to stop you from fulfilling the call of God on your life. The devil will try everything in his power to stop. He will attack your family. He will attack your thoughts. He will attack your career. He will attack every possible thing that he can and get inside of your brain and try to make you think what you're doing isn't what God called you to do. Acts chapter 20, verse 23. Mark it down. I know it's going to happen to you. Acts chapter 20, verse 23. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. In every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Some people interpret resistance in the wrong way. And if you're like me, that was probably me when we moved to Winchester. This is the worship team cue. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, the, the time when we moved to Winchester, uh, it felt like everything in the world was coming against us that, that we were not supposed to be here. That's what we thought. We were like, man, we are just not supposed to be here. God doesn't want us here because it just seemed like everything that could possibly go wrong was going wrong. A lot of you know that story. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but basically we lived in a hotel for like a month. Seven people, it was six people at the time, six people in one hotel room is not fun, okay? We also had two pets, or three pets. 
if you want a dog, you can have a dog. My wife this morning said that the dog got out, and that's why she was late. The dog ran out the door and took off, and she had to go find him. Uh, God bless her. <laughs> but if you want a dog, no one's laughing. They're like, he doesn't like pets. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sometimes we'll interpret resistance the wrong way. Just because it's a difficult time does not necessarily mean it's not God's will. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean that it's not necessarily God's will. And you can interpret it in two ways. Either you can say, man, God really doesn't want me here, or man, God really does want me here, and something powerful is going to happen, and everything in hell is going to try to stop that from happening. You get to be uh, a go-arounder, or you can be an overcomer. How many of you want to be an overcomer this morning? How many of you want to be an overcomer? Amen. And the third thing that I want you to write down this morning is focus on eternity. Focus on eternity. It is so easy to get caught up in all the small details of life. Should I buy a house now or should I wait? Are the interest rates going to be too high? What do I do? Do I sell my house? I don't know what to do. I could make a lot of money if I sell my house right now. But if I buy a house right now, I might lose $200,000 by buying a house. Who knows? We must stay focused on eternity, the prize and the treasures of heaven, and stop worrying about all the small details here on earth. I said it a few weeks ago when I talked about God's will. I said so many times we get caught up in the small details of God's will for our lives, and sometimes God is probably just in heaven screaming, I don't care. I don't care about these little details that you're sweating about. Just serve me. Love me. And I'll speak to you. Acts chapter 20. Verse 24, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If I only may finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus Christ has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. If you get nothing else today, here's something that I want you to leave with. Life will continue to be tough. Life will continue to be tough. And you're going to have times of renewal focus on eternity. I'm going to read one more scripture and then if you would stand to your feet right now and uh, we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. One more scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You can stand now. You can stand now. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day for our light and our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what's seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Come on, let's worship.